0: This is the In Focus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to the In Focus podcast. I am Kanishka Balachandran, your host for today. The Indian women's cricket team will be playing a pink ball test match starting on Thursday against Australia in Queensland. This is a special occasion for the Indian women's team as it will be their first ever test under lights. And this is also the only, only the second pink ball test in the history of women's cricket. However, India's women players have rarely gotten opportunities to play the long format of the game, unlike the men who are in demand everywhere. Over the course of 45 years, the Indian women's team has played only 37 test matches, which in a cricket-crazy country like India, this is a startling fact. When the team played a test match against England in Bristol a few months ago, it came after a wait of seven long years. But this isn't peculiar to India alone. A majority of cricket-playing countries in the world rarely or never organize women's tests. To explore why this is so with an Indian context, we are joined today by Karunya Keshav, an independent journalist and author based in Bangalore. Karunya has co-authored with the late Siddhanta Patnayak the book The Fire Burns Blue, a comprehensive history of women's cricket in India. Karunia, welcome to the InFocus podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, Karunia, uh, you know, women's test cricket still remains the preserve of two countries, Australia and England. And if you go back a century ago, international cricket was still England and Australia, and you had South Africa as the third team back then. Now we are speaking in 2021, and and the test cricket and women's cricket is still... Largely Australia versus England because they have their women's Ashes, so that gives some sort of context. But the other countries hardly play any games. And why do you, why do you think this is so? Why is it so difficult? Has it been so difficult to sell Test cricket as a product?
1: Yeah, right. Women's tests have many of the same issues that affect men's tests outside of the big nations such as um, India, England, and Australia right now. Uh, in that, it's expensive to hold and difficult to sell to fans and advertisers. As women's sport, you already have a financial challenge um, to run it. And with your limited finances, boards generally tend to focus on the things and the formats where there's a greater chance of growth and money coming in. So that's one thing. Um, The second, the ICC are keen to support women's cricket and grow it around the world. But they see T20 as the vehicle for growth. So there's obviously this Uh, intention to get cricket into the Olympics. Uh, Women's cricket is going to be part of the Commonwealth Games next year. Uh, And through this, they hope to reach more countries. Um, So there's a lot of focus on T20, which is easy for new countries to pick up as well when you're playing, you know, just short format, rather than trying to learn a game that's played over four days as as in the case of women's tests
0: the the indian team itself has performed fairly well in spite of the limited opportunities and you know like i was mentioning the bristol test uh, a game that looked all but lost they managed to save it and come out pretty well in the end but you know they had to wait 7 years to play that to to play that test and um, you know the bcci which has such deep pockets and uh, they have still not shown the kind of uh, enthusiasm that's needed to be able to push for this format um do you see any changes in the offing there
1: i do not know if all the blame in this case rests with the bcci from what we've heard the bcci were keen to have tests because as you said this is a format where when india play they do well we have someone like mithali raj Julan goswami um players who are made you know who who do well in this format the indian girls when they come up through the system also are technically pretty sound so, uh, as BCCI, they wouldn't have minded uh, women playing more tests, but there hasn't always been the same kind of interest from other boards. So New Zealand haven't played uh, tests in a really long time, not since 2005 when the ICC took over the running of women's uh, cricket. Um, and, and England and Australia end up playing this one test every two years with nothing to prepare them. Between that, and uh, India were actually the last country to even have days cricket uh, at the domestic level, and that is something that the other countries still don't have. The BCCI only scrapped that tournament because uh, until recently there was, you know, never any thought that India would even play another test. It was probably sheer, um, you know, sheer luck or, you know, load lots of things coming together for them to play two tests this year. And uh, that I do believe was driven by the BCCI.
0: You touched upon the point about players coming through the system. Now we need to go a little deeper into what the system really is and the kind of domestic structure that's there, which I'm sure maybe a lot of our listeners might not be fully aware of. I mean, we are all aware of, you know, the Ranji Trophy for the men, for the men. But um, what what is the domestic structure like for in the women's game in India? And are, is there a tournament uh, that trains players adequately for the longer formats in terms, not only in terms of skills, but also in terms of fitness and stamina, you know, to be able to bowl long spells. Uh, Could you just go over that?
1: All right. Um, This is a slightly tricky question. The domestic system in India for the women in many ways follows the same structure as the men. So it's divided by the state association. Some states obviously have more than one association. So what the women have is, uh, it's parallel to what the men have in terms of the governance structure. In terms of um, the tournaments themselves, the women play a lot fewer. And as I said, since 2018, they haven't been playing any uh, red ball cricket or any day's cricket. Earlier, there used to be a system, you know, a zonal system where say you know uh, South Zone there, there's you know there's some days cricket uh, you know East Zone plays play some days cricket that you know, that whole system that zonal system doesn't exist anymore and, and there are no um, long format games played by anyone in the female game um, what tournaments do happen those they happen at the under sixteen under nineteen under-23 and the senior level. The under-16 system also is not uniform. Uh, It's again up to, you know, uh, up to again some certain zones to come together and maybe organize a tournament. This doesn't happen uh, uniformly under the BCCI. So uh, the the BCCI run run tournaments are mostly at the under-19 level, uh, as I said, under-23 and uh, senior
0: in your book, you talked about in detail the uh, the rivalry between railways and Air India as being the biggest employers of women players and the kind of domestic structure that they have. Um, has there been any kind of uh, push on their part to you know explore the longer formats? Uh,
1: since the BCCI took over the running of women's cricket in India, uh, we haven't had an Air India team so uh, railways continue to be the uh, you know the biggest employer for female cricketers in india uh, they also end up um, attracting the best players uh, i think when india went to the finals at the world cup the majority of the players were part of the railways so uh, in 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 some ways this is good because the inter railway competition is considered uh, more competitive than any other domestic competition. But on the other hand, it does mean that it's um, very one-sided. So the railways, um, um, uh, they're winning most of these tournaments, uh, whether that the T20 or ODI. Um, so uh, it, it has its pluses and minuses. theres There hasn't been any push on their, their side to have test cricket again this is something that comes under the BCCI and uh, the BCCI will decide if there's changes at the international level
0: okay you know it's difficult to not talk about you know things like the IPL and the, and the kind of impact that it has had on you know, on the men's game and we've seen that over the years uh, the IPL has contributed in a large way to making the indian men players um more competitive uh, now there's all there's been this talk about you know the whether there's a women's IPL on the offing um, is it it's it's still date it's become it still is a non-starter in many ways isn't it I mean there's always a debate about whether it's a good time to start one or not but uh, we just looking at the success of you know how the shorter formats have helped countries like England and Australia you know Australia has the women's BBL uh, England introduced the Super League, and also now we've got the hundred and some of our players who've been invited to play there who are part of those teams have done fairly well actually pretty well so uh but for the for the women's uh, test cricket to grow, does it depend a lot on these other formats to thrive first before we can start talking about you know playing more test matches
1: I- I think the reasons for having women's tests and for having something like a women's IPL are very different. Um, they they test different skills. They they help def- develop different kind of players, and they serve different purposes. Women's tests are important. Uh, a for the sake of um, tradition which uh, you know it gets a lot of bad press but it is so integral to the game of cricket these are girls who have grown up wanting to represent their country you know in in whites um you, you know they, they they've seen uh, how virat kohli for example now speaks so passionately about test cricket and they want to be part of that so for them to say okay i'm representing my country but I'm still not allowed to reach this highest level, which, which apparently is the the symbol of how good a cricketer I am. Um, you know, they, they denied that. So, so th- that's where the 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 element of discrimination comes in for Test cricket. Whereas for you know something like the women's IPL and all these other short format tournaments, uh, that's the reasons you'd want to have that in place is to. You know, develop this depth in the system that will give India these uh, trophies at the world stage.
0: Okay. And you know the uh, you know based on your you know uh, research and interviews which you've done uh, with players for your book, um, I'm sure you must have come across a whole lot of uh, young players, uh, you know teenagers and people even in the age of like Shafali Varma, who's still in her teens and also, Jemima, who's also a young star, uh, do you sense that these players are aspiring, say, to play Test cricket? If you if you ask any young uh, young male cricketer, he'll say, "I would love to play Test cricket for India," but that's a different aspirational level. Uh, among young girls, do you do they see that as the ultimate goal, or are they just happy to play whatever format that is available and you know whatever that works? Uh, Based on your uh, observations, uh, do you see any kind of changes there?
1: It's probably a combination of both. As a young girl, many of these uh, girls are just happy to play anything right now. Uh, Given how infrequent women's matches can be, um, almost anything they get to play is, is something they celebrate and cherish. Having said that, i think everyone grows up with the understanding of how special test cricket is and uh, knowing that women women don't place as many tests um it's it's probably something that not you know that that many people don't think is attainable and then you know after seven years later when you do get this chance to play uh to, to wear whites, it's, it's something you, you you grab with both hands. And you mentioned Jimima. I think there was this wonderful post that she put up um, just before India traveled to the UK, where they had uh, a lovely ceremony where the seniors in the side, Mithali and Julan, uh, took a bit of time to explain to the younger generation just what, uh, you, you know, the, the incredible tradition of, test cricket that they are part of where they acknowledge and celebrate the efforts of those that came before them and you know and and sort of recognize that they in turn are paving the way for the future so um, you know it's a lovely sentiment and and it's and I think the gratitude and pride that comes from representing your country in tests is universal whether it's men or women
0: you know, just going back to an earlier point about you know uh, the kind of interest that is that that is needs needed to be shown by you know okay of course the the organizing cricket boards and also the sponsors. Um, we had the women's T20 challenge that was you know having running parallel to the uh, IPL where Geo came as, came on as a title sponsor, uh, which is obviously a big thing. Um, do you think that you know uh, with it's a small step towards? more sponsors you know uh coming forward and you know making a push to organize more such games and also maybe you know maybe even boosting uh test cricket among the women players in india
1: it's an interesting one i think uh year after year we get study after study from you know the guinzees of the world that that say there's more money than ever in women's sport right now in india a lot of this means women's cricket um, and and honestly, if we don't act quickly enough it it will mean that this money goes to other sports in other parts of the world um having having said that, I don't know if this sponsorship is limited just to test cricket and you know um just like how in the men's game a lot of the tests are subsidized by uh the money that comes in through other formats, it's something that the women's game also. Should be open to. So whether this means, he, he, you know, uh, inviting sponsors for something like the women's IPL, you know, selling these teams, um, you know, getting, getting partners on board and then using that to continue to support, uh, women's tests because it, it again helps develop the game and, and, you know, develop this culture of cricket, uh, for women. Um, that is something that, that should be considered. Um, having said that, I, I, I think it's also important to understand right now that although we may want to be playing more test cricket, and we definitely should, um, it means developing the game around the world as well. We've seen this problem happen in men's cricket already, where there there is a fair... Gap between the top test playing nations and the others. And um, in women's cricket, this already exists for uh, in in limited overs itself, where a lot of the um, lesser known cricket playing nations may not even have 50 over. domestic competitions it's mostly maybe 30 overs or or 40 overs and, and as i said the focus is very often on t20 cricket so um so while it is it may be possible to develop you know to get sponsors and get financial support for test cricket in certain areas um on the whole um, it, it may require um you know, it may require boards to take a more comprehensive uh, approach.
0: You know, it's a, it's a little kind of ironic in a way because, you know, uh, you know cricket fans every now and then bring up this topic about, oh, test cricket is dying or it needs to be saved. And uh, especially when, you know, uh, after, you know, the success of other formats and uh, like you said about the haves and the have nots, there's a division in the men's game as well. But... Uh, you know, when you just com- compare it in relation to the women's game, I mean, Test cricket in the men's game looks in pretty good health. If you just compare it that way, so it's just a little ironic that you know the, there's so much of work that you know needs to be done in the women's game to be able to promote this format. But it's just an observation that I had. Um, th- th- just like just looking ahead to uh, you know this the, the current game, the pink ball Test. Uh, yes, it's been a long time coming for sure, uh, but. As somebody who has uh, obviously observed the women's game closely, um, do you honestly think that this pink ball test is the start of something better for the for the game on the whole, or is it just a token game for commercial reasons?
1: Honestly, to an extent, it does seem like a token game. I don't know if it's for commercial reasons, but uh, tests themselves seem, you know, like tokens that are thrown in once every seven years Um, if you know if there was some sort of commitment to a plan uh, you know where we say okay we'll be playing five tests over the next four years or three years or five years even um, then then we could actually read into these games now if you don't know when the next test is there's also very little you can take away from these games The issue with women's tests is that, and this is something that a lot of players raise, they're learning on the go. They learn about test cricket only by playing test cricket. So um, there'll be, uh, uh, Julan Goswami had this interesting thing to say after the last uh, one day game where she was player of the match, where she said, you know, just before quitting, she was keen to know that what this pink ball does. And uh, it's great that she has that opportunity. She should have that sort of opportunity. But uh, what she'll do with that information, whether she'll have a chance to use that knowledge at another point, we don't know. Um, The concept of the pink ball itself, I don't think is a bad one at all. Um, It's obviously something that Cricket Australia are very keen to to promote. And uh, uh, previous... Ashes tests, also, if I'm not mistaken, have used the pink ball. Um, So, the women's game by itself has very often been open to uh, a lot of innovations, you know, whether it's in terms of, uh, you know, boundary sizes or formats, even. I think the women have played uh, the World Cup before the men, they played T20s also very early. so things like that, the women's game is has always been open for innovation, and if this pink ball test is just another step in that, that's great. Uh, but whether it'll be the start of something bigger, uh, I really don't know right now. Uh,
0: the, of course, the, the why uh, we, we have brought up the whole commercial reasons, of course, was that you know we've seen that in the in the in the, in the women's fifty over World Cup. Um, and of course, and, and the way the women's T20 was marketed, uh, and the kind of crowds that we got were like close to eighty-seven thousand people filling the MCG. Uh, I mean, those were such good signs. Like, okay, this might be the start of something bigger. But then, as it happened, especially for our India Indian players, uh, after those two tournaments, for six months after the 50 year World Cup, they played no cricket at all, due to no fault of their own. And you brought about you brought up that in your book. And also, um, even in, of course, the pandemic happened uh, after the, just after the World T20, and then they had to wait several months till any game was organized. So uh, it's just that the kind of waiting that our players have to do uh, is just it's something that happens so often. And we just hope that maybe that uh, they wouldn't have to wait so long for their next game um and but in order for to prevent something like this from happening uh, repeatedly should the icc step in a little bit more and not just leave it to the individual cricket boards to do their organizing
1: that that would be the ideal situation so uh, one good thing that's happened with both the england series and this australia series um, as well as the women's ashes is that it's looked as a comprehensive multi format uh tour, um, with points available uh, across these formats. So the winner of the series is decided based on points uh, in the ODIs, the test, and T20Is. And I think that is is a really useful um, template across nations. The ICC did... Start this women's championship, which is, which was only for ODIs a couple of cycles ago. Um, and, and, and that ensured that the top eight, uh, women's teams got to play each other. Um, it, it took away from the boards this, uh, you know, it was happening that some boards were organizing matches, other boards weren't. So, this sort of took that away and said, okay, you, ha- this is the minimum number of matches that you should play if you want to qualify for the World Cup. And, uh, and that was great. Now, if that, that system now, I think, has been expanded to, um, 10 teams. So it, it's going to be, uh, become 10 teams from eight teams soon enough. But at the same time, if it can also have, uh, if these, if the series can also be decided across formats, I think that would, be the next logical progression for that tournament.
0: So thank you so much, Karunia, for this uh, enlightening discussion on the uh, women's game and Test cricket. Uh, we do hope that uh, this would be the start of something better, as we're talking about right now. And you know, the next Test match that the Indian team gets to play is a few months, or maybe soon after this, uh, to, as we approach the as we approach the main season. So thank you so much for your thoughts. And of course, uh, like just to go back to what I was saying at the start of the podcast, uh, do pick up a copy of uh, The Fire Burns Blue. Um, it gives you so much that you need to know about the women's game. There's a lot of fascinating stories in there. And it explores the human element, of course, of the players, something that we as fans might tend to overlook. And um, thank you so much for listening in.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Karunya. In Focus will be back soon